0: Fernando, yo, what's good, hobby? Oh, uh, just watching these Yankees. How hot are the Yankees right now?
1: Oh my God, it's been a freaking great what month and a half now uh, of watching them ball out. Just everybody firing. If it's not one guy, it's the next. The pitching's been good. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. And uh, this game here, Red Sox, bottom of the eighth, I believe. Yeah. Close one. It's a lot of fun. The rivalry's back. They just walk Stanton. Stanton had two home runs today,
0: big home runs too. So shoot, he's gotten on base. He's not striking out as often, so that's a plus. Um, but I mean, last last eighteen yeah. games, sixteen and two, outscored their opponents by fifty runs at home. They're fourteen and five at home, ten and five on the road. Seventy one runs scored versus sixty. So I mean, they're getting it done on the road and at home. Uh, they're scoring runs. The pitching's gotten better you know since april 19th they, they've, uh, yeah. they've gotten gone a lot better and they put together and we're watching arguably the best two baseball game baseball teams excuse me in baseball right now and go at it so this this might be an ALCS preview
1: yeah these these two teams have it off they can if they both stay healthy uh, i mean man they they just it seems like it would be something, uh, you know, destined to uh, to happen to have these two. It'd be good for baseball to have them back in uh, in the playoff, playing against each other, to go to the World Series, like the good old days. That would be a lot of fun, I think. I think the you know the Red Sox are scary because of their their starting pitching. Their lineup is nothing to laugh at. They are loaded. And, and Pedroia is coming back, too. so I mean they're um,
0: playing without Pedroya.
1: Yeah, I mean they're not even. Yeah, exactly. Like they're not even at full strength just yet. And I think the Yankees, even as scary as it's been, just seeing them ball the way they've balled lately, and the way they've been hitting the ball and pitching. I still think they they have some stuff to show, too, coming together, just gelling, having a little bit more consistency from pitching throughout the course of the year. And I don't think the Yankees are done. I've told you I think they need to consider adding another arm um, to that starting pitching rotation just because of CC's age, Tanaka being a head case sometimes, and Severino is uh, a young ace. I just think they they could really use a veteran out there, and they passed on a few the past couple of years. I think that was a mistake. But, you know, they've solidified, you know, through trades and, and whatnot their farm system, and we just have rookies coming in just taking care of business. I just think if the starting pitching can kind of level out and remain, you know, yeah. as consistent as it's been of recent. Then we're going to be all right. Offensively, I'm not worried. Stan, everyone wants to freak out about how many strikeouts and this and that. At the end of the season, Stanton's numbers will be right where we're used to him being. And it's still a terrifying thing to go ahead and bat to pitch, I should say, to, you know, this lineup. It's scary. It's a scary lineup to pitch to, especially when you start talking about Judge and Stanton and and Sanchez and even Deedy. Deedy's a beast, man. He's uh, he's been
0: the most probably underrated part of that Jeter transition. The kid is amazing. You know, he's uh, twenty-five home runs last year. Key, key, key spots too. I mean, he won a couple playoff games last year, like off his bat. So um, you can't you know he's 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 only 29 so right. it's not like he's super old either the yankees are super young and it's crazy you know even their oldest player is still technically young according to stuff but, you know.
1: oh my god and and for Didi to to fill the shoes or try to fill the shoes at, at shortstop for the new york yankees and for for him to come in there and be questioned in terms of what kind of offense he could even provide the Yankees. You know, everyone knew he was pretty good defensively with the glove, but I don't think anybody had any kind of clue that he could hit the ball the way he's hitting the ball and consistently hitting the ball. I mean, this is since last year. This isn't a fluke. This isn't luck. This isn't a good couple of weeks. I mean, this is sustained just really good – hitting that dd's Dee showing and man he's a steal he was a steal what a what an awesome awesome decision from cashman and that's where you know what shame on me forever doubting whatever cashman was doing when they started <laughs> talking about budget and this that and the other and he's just he found a way and he got this team within a couple of years loaded I mean there's if there's if they want whoever they want they can go get. They've got the money to do it. They've got the trade assets. They've got kids in the farm system that they could move if they wanted to. I mean they can do what they want and and they're not the that evil empire with the crazy, crazy payroll anymore. I mean, no, they're, I mean they're they're, they're still in the top ten. I mean they're still in yeah, the top but, ten. I mean 10. still, but for the New York Yankees, I mean they were <laughs> they were perennial just inflated payroll i mean they were crazy yeah and and they did a really good job to to get themselves in a position where you know they're they're paying what they need to pay and they're just not going crazy and feeling like that there's always that competition oh the red Sox want this guy so now we're gonna go pay out of the the ass so we're gonna go get this dude and we're gonna go yeah. do, now they're just they've got they're in their lane and they're they're running this show cashman's got this thing Firing right now, and it's awesome yeah. to watch. And,
0: you know, thing with Didi, to think to think, Didi Gregorius is leading the team in home runs and RBIs with Judge, Stanton, and Sanchez in the lineup. Uh, you know, that just it says all you need. To, mm-hmm. it's all you need to know. You know, Judge has eight home runs and twenty three RBIs, but uh, Didi's got ten with thirty RBIs. So I mean, he's still he's still a little bit ahead of Judge. You know, and Stanton had a slow start, but he's starting to get it going. He had two home runs today, so that puts him what at nine plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, nine homers. So, I mean, Yankees are hitting. They're hitting well, and they're hitting with the young guys. They're hitting with the old guys. And I mean, dude, you know, I
1: mean, they've got they got five guys sitting above 300 right now. You know, another five hitting above 250. You know, and, and it's a long season, and who knows what's going to happen, and there's going to be ups and downs, and uh, you can't freak out one way or another. But the Yankees have a lot of different ways they can beat you. Yeah. And, I mean, shit, man, if they – if the Really, the only question mark for me on the entire roster is just that, that starting pitching. Yeah. You know, I know we have the bullpen. I know we've got the closer. I know we have the lineup. I know we can play defense. We're athletic, young. But now it's it's do we have consistent enough pitching, starting pitching, where we can have a guy go – six or seven now i mean at least six and we can't have the whole the way the year started with hey we're gonna get you three or four yeah now we're gonna have to go run five innings of of you know relief relief pitching and and that can't happen but what they've shown these past 18 games and, and and what they've you know what hopefully will continue you know, it looks like Severino is uh, is becoming that dude. I, yeah, he's, I, he's, he's that guy. He's that number one. I mean, he's looking like it.
0: Yeah, I remember when Severino came out, you know, they said he was just an upper body pitcher. And once he figured out his lower half, he would be dominant. Like tonight, I'm watching him. I, the game's on right now. I'm watching. And um, mm-hmm. Severino, his 100th pitch, or 101st pitch, he was still being able to, to get the ball speed from 90 to 100 miles an hour on his pitches. So he's He's figured out how to use his lower body and ball placement yeah. and get the speed going. And that's what his was knock was when he was first, you know, his first year in the league. You know, he couldn't – he was just an upper-body pitcher. He would be on and off. Remember, he was struggling, and then he mm-hmm. oh, yeah. lights out, and then he'd struggle again. You know, last two, last two starts, last start was a complete game against the Astros, and then tonight he goes seven innings and only allows one run. So, I mean, you can't knock that. And, you know, right now Yankees are up 3-2, but – you know, if, if Severino would have stayed in the game, he may have, uh, you know, he may have allowed another run, but still, I mean, considering to go two games and only allow two runs, you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining. So,
1: oh, heck no. I mean, this guy, he's exciting to watch and he has so much emotion when he pitches. It, it just, you get sucked in. It's a lot of fun to watch him pitch. You know, and I still get excited when I see CeCe on the mound. At 37. You know, that's always fun still- to see. Yeah, just out there, just a different kind of pitcher. You know, he's just painting corners and using his slider and and, and just just carving people up now. And now he's not that, that power pitcher anymore, but he's still going out there. The only thing with him, my only thing, and I, we've talked about this too, is he needs to be perfect. I mean, he has to hit all his spots. Yeah. He has to have complete command. And if he doesn't, it's not going to be a pretty night for him. But uh, you know, he's he's one of those guys that I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't feel that nervous in a playoff setting if he had to go because he just he's a gamer. And yeah. I know he's a gamer. Whereas I don't get that same feeling from Tanaka when Tanaka goes on the mound. I don't know. I'm one of those like, all right, well, let's see the first few pitches. Yeah. Because I don't know what this guy's gonna do. But CC I feel confident. Um, but like you, you said, they need to start thinking about a, a plan B because he, he may not be there too yeah. long. And when you have in your own division a pitching staff like the Red Sox have, yeah. you need to make sure that your starting pitching's on point because that's – man, that staff is lethal. Yeah, they, they, in both the Price, so, Crisale,
0: they, the Crisello, Crisello. You know they, they they have a good three man rotation for for the playoffs. And Price isn't even no, pitching it, right? Price wasn't to pitching today, out there. and then they sent it back to Boston. Oh, he? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. So, I,
1: mean, I mean, between today, then Sale and Porcello, and and I mean, it's just they yeah. they're loaded. They are loaded. Their lineup's lethal too. So it's fun to be in the AL East right now, and to have the two the two big names to be where they should be. And it's good for baseball. It's good for the sport. It makes it makes May baseball a lot more exciting when the, the yeah, Yankees are Red Sox are ball. I know I so. do. I go
0: through that lull after the All-Star game. It's like, eh. And then August comes, September comes, and yeah. I'm back oh, into yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. this season, the Yankees have got me
1: very, very much uh, into it for the whole year, hopefully. Uh, oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Baseball, especially now – Uh, Baseball is one of those things for the most part, unless the Yankees are playing another big name, big market team like the Red Sox or or something along those lines. Baseball is one of those things sometimes that I put on after (laughs) doing yard work and cutting the grass and I come in and I shower on a Saturday and I lay on the sofa and I throw baseball or golf on and I fall asleep. Like I take a nap and I wake up to it. So to have – to have it be as exciting as it is right now to have these teams both at 20 something wins and uh and looking like they're going to be chasing each other neck and neck all year long it's a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah i mean they're only a game apart yankees are a game a game back and they take two out of 3 this series you know they'll be tied for first and you know the yankees got a eh, not super hard schedule but they have uh the Athletics, and then they got the Nationals and the Royals in the next three series, so it shouldn't be too bad. Um, they should be able to keep this pace and hopefully keep it going. No, definitely, but I think I, I think
1: they they've got themselves a nice you know May to the beginning of June. They finish off May with the A or with the Angels and the Astros. So of course that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. But you know, really, I, and it's gonna be in New York. So I think the Yankees. If the starting pitching's there, they're gonna be hard to beat. Like, they just they're they're gonna be hard to beat. They can put up runs in numbers, and you know a four one lead into the eighth or, isn't good enough if you are playing the Yankees because one or two guys get yeah. on base and all of a sudden you are pitching the three guys out of the yard. You know that, and
0: point you point. can't pitch around no. them because the then next you, one's you, coming you up. Put people yeah. on base. Yeah, that's, you want to walk? Go ahead, and you go ahead. And you can walk, Judge. Okay, here comes Stanton. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to put your own stand, here comes Sanchez. And like we just said, Dede, even if Dede can hit hit anywhere between the two spot to the five hole, and, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to be, you're looking at like, you can't really play situational baseball against this lineup because just how it is, you know, Stanton, yes, he strikes out a lot, but unless you're putting that fastball up high, he's not doing anything else. He'll swing at the high fastball, Mm -hmm. you know, and you'll get him struck out that way, but you know, if you leave anything over the plate or inside corner, it's over. It's it's either going to be a sharp double or, you know, it's over the fence. It's not – Yeah, no, there's this
1: – I, I would, uh, you know, the pitchers have to be real careful and the managers have to make the right decision because the last thing you're trying to do is fill up bases with this lineup. That's the last thing yeah. you want to do. And it's hard to want to pitch to them, but – the Yankees are in a good spot. It's really starting pitching. That's my only question mark. It's a big question mark, especially come postseason, because, I mean, in, in all honesty, if Severino gets you know gets a loss in game one of a series, now it's a lot of question marks. I, I don't know after that. Like, I don't know what Tanaka's yeah. bringing me in game two. I don't know. I know CeCe's going to go out there and be a warrior. I know that, but if he's not hitting that spot... He's not going to be in there too long. Like it's not going to happen. So, you know, you want to feel comfortable with at least two pitchers where you're like, look, these are two W's. Let's crawl. These are two W's. We're getting two W's unless something bad happens. But you know what? Then we got the other guy. And if we're throwing two studs, one of them are getting an, you know, one of them's getting the W when it's all said and done. And right now we have one guy that is just absolutely filthy and the other one, Tanaka, has the stuff to be filthy, but I just don't know what he's got going on between the yeah. eyes, man. He's, he's a yeah, little weak. Definitely.
0: you know he'll have you know those games where he gives up two or three home runs. it's like Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh um, But no, I, I mean, I wish CC would be like our Andy Pettit, you know the new, the new version of Andy because I, I don't know about you, but I remember watching Yankees back in the day. Andy Pettit got on the mound in the playoffs. It's like it's game over, and he oh, was never yeah. have, he never had Andy Pettit never had anything dominating stuff. He always had really filthy, filthy off speed stuff that would just shut people down, and then that stare. So hopefully, CC, you know, he's a left handed pitcher, and you know he has he has filthy stuff when he's on. So hopefully, CC can be that, you know, this year in the playoffs. If he decides to retire, it would be nice if we do go out on top. It, you know, it's unfortunate yeah, I mean, we didn't go out on top with Jeter and Mariano, but you know, for now, you know, I'll take it. You know, it's been what. Almost 10 years since the last World Series. it's we're due the Yankees are due it's been
1: a bit It's Yankees been a bit and you know what CC, CC's reinvented himself and uh, you know there was a stretch where that you know people thought he was going to have to walk away. He just wasn't healthy and he, he wasn't pitching with the same velocity and he's became or he's become I should say a, a, a more finesse pitcher. He's using other pitches that uh, he didn't have to always rely on. you know he used to just be able to when he needed to go back there. He could go rip one, uh, you know, a decent fastball and get you up in the zone and you were going to strike out. And He can't do that anymore. And and he's adjusted. And I think he's done a great job. And he's absolutely, you know, a, a leader in the clubhouse and on that pitching staff. And he's a guy that's seasoned. He's a champion. Um, but, you know, time uh, always wins when it's all said and done. And, and he's close to the end. And I'm not going to get mad if uh, someone that's gone through everything that he's gone through, you know, if, if he just doesn't have it anymore. I think the Yankees need to start really thinking about, you know, is Tanaka that number two? Is he? And and if he's an absolute number two, then, okay, well, what else do we have on the pitching staff? And, you know, we've got some other names out there. Yeah. but. We need to think about think about another another pitcher, another arm, they, a starting pitching, a real arm. Out they there. got
0: one in in the farm system, Justice Sheffield. I, I've been telling you about him for a while.
1: I, I'd be interested. Yeah, uh, I'd be interested to see him. Know, he's,
0: I think he's in AA right now, but he, from what I understand,
1: so yeah, he's still a little bit away, yeah. right? I mean, he's still a bit away from. There's the a chance
0: three. he makes it in this season. So if he makes it in the season and he, you know, he shows out like they say he's going to show out, then we you might have two or three. We may end up having two or three pitchers, and then you can. You know, in the playoffs, anything anything goes. You can have anyone starting in, in the bullpen, whatever you want to do. Um, Justice Sheffield and then Domingo mm-hmm. German, uh, Herman, excuse me, he pitched on Sunday, and you know he had, he had that no no through six, and uh, so exciting. you know they got they got young pitchers. It's just a matter of like you said, we do need they need to get a vet, an experienced playoff vet. You know, I was hoping for Verlander when that trade happened, but. I figured Cashman Ooh, wasn't, the, the cost that went, was too high. I love that. So, you know, you're paying Chapman. <laughs> Chapman's on the mound right now. He's hopefully going to close this one out. The Yankees should walk away with a win here. It's 3 2, top of the ninth. And uh, Chapman's already throwing 100 miles an hour. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, pretty it. insane. 30 to 5, 30 strikeouts to 5 walks. Yeah, Jesus awesome. Christ. And that 1.8 ERA. That's, that's insane.
1: I don't even care what his birth certificate says, bro. That dude is throwing fire. I don't care if he's forty or or thirty or 33. I don't even care, man. That that guy throws straight fire. And yeah, what a what a steal to get to what let him go and let him come back yeah. kind of thing. I mean that that was uh, it. All worked out. I think the Yankees are in a great state right now. Um, You know, win or lose tonight or anything like that. I I think uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees are going to be here come postseason time. And it's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. And I don't care what Blue Jay fans or Rays fans. Sorry. Like you're just, you know, you had your little run when when things were broken. uh, You know, things were all crazy. But no one cares about the Rays. No one. I lived in Florida. You know, yeah. I, I've seen it. No one cares. Yeah. Even we when you were the good, no one. And it was and,
0: empty, uh, so it's-
1: yeah. It doesn't even matter. Tropicana Field, as cool as it is, right there in Tampa, it's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. You can light up your the, the roof orange. <laughs> that's uh, that's <laughs> cool too. But no one goes. And the only and the only people that do go are senior citizens who will pay ten fifteen dollars for a ticket. So it's not it's not prime time. It's not must watch television, but the Yankees and Red Sox are and they should yeah. be. And that's why it's just better for baseball that they are where they are right now. So I love it. I love that we're even talking the way we're talking right now on May eighth about Yankee baseball and Red Sox baseball as opposed to waiting a couple months before we really start talking about what's gonna happen the rest of the season. So it's fun. Yeah.
0: And the yeah, scary part is, you know, Sanchez, Stan, and Judge, they're not even hot yet. Like, they haven't even gotten hot yet. Oh, yeah. And that's the, that's the scary part. And imagine part. It's, uh, if they get hot it's gonna at be the same insane.
1: time. I mean, it's, you know, one guy's hitting a home run one day, and then it's the next yeah, guy, that's... and then the other one. You know, if you've got Stan, Judge, and the Kraken out there just laying in the pitches, oh, my gosh, it's a wrap, man. You could – Yeah. You know, and then,
0: like I said – like I said, pitch around them. go ahead. And and then here comes DD. So you were going to score runs regardless. So they're, uh, they're set. They're, they're, they're loaded. They are loaded in a
1: good place. I'm I'm, I'm really excited about it all, man. It's, it's baseball's in a, in good hands right now. There's a lot of really, really good young, young talent out there. So it's, it's, it's real cool, man. Real cool.
0: Yeah. Baseball's in, baseball's Mm -hmm. in good hands. So, uh, See, uh, CP3 dropped 41 tonight. 41-10. And, and the Jazz beat the... Well, they won by 10 against the Jazz. I'm pretty sure it wasn't as close as it have been. Donovan though.
1: Mitchell got uh, carted uh, off, man. Ball. He got carded off. The Spider, the should-be rookie of the year, in my opinion, was carted off tonight. Yeah. He was out there doing everything he could to keep the Jazz in it. He even got them a lead going into the fourth quarter. But... The reality is, is the Rockets should win, and yeah, the Rockets should win, and Golden State should win, and those are those are the two those are the two best in the West. They should meet up, and I am I've been holding my I'm excited for Golden State Houston. Again, it's what it should be. Yeah, those are the two best teams, and frankly, in my opinion one of those teams are winning the championship and that's yeah, I don't uh, I don't think the Cavs have a chance against either one of them. No. And look, I mean, you know I am uh I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan. Neither am I. I I'm not. You You're know, right. I I respect the guy. I think he's out there balling right now and it's nice to see that um that he is where he is, you know. He he doesn't have. He knows. He knows what he has to do to give his team a chance yeah. to win. And he's doing that right now, and that's a lot of fun to see. You know. At the same time, I just they don't. I don't think they really have a chance to win this. Yeah, I, I mean, don't really think so. If the Warriors decide and, to, you know, it's, let's just yeah. say the
0: Warriors you make the finals again. Or, you know, the Warriors, whenever, when they want to play, they'll play. They, if, they, if they want it to go seven games, they'll let it go seven games. If they want it to go five games, it'll go five games. They If they want to turn it on and just dominate you, they'll, they'll do it. There's just times when they don't want to play. That's just what it looks like. So I, I don't think the Rockets have a chance in this series. Uh, you know, I, I, I know we're giving the Warriors the win already, but I don't – I mean, are we really thinking the Pelicans are going to come back from a 3-1 deficit? So that's not going to happen.
1: So, no, no, um, no, this is not going to happen. And I'm 100% confident saying Golden State and Houston are going to be playing in the Western Conference Finals. The only thing is, you know, I, I think James Harden is a special talent and he's one of those guys that I can't rule out that this is going to be a really, really, really good series. Like I I think at the end of the day, a healthy Golden State team, it might just be too much. But I think Houston matches up really, really nicely against Golden State. And Houston, as much as people don't want to talk about it, Houston's a good defensive team statistically, much better than what they've been in years past and they just have weapons man i mean it's it's not going to be easy and i think it's going to be really interesting i just i just think at yeah. some point golden state will just outfire you know they just have a little bit more firepower they'll get the job done i don't know if it'll be in yeah. 6 i don't know if it'll be in 7 but i'm thinking maybe maybe 6 i'm thinking they're going to win in 6 and i think I, i'm yeah,
0: I'm gonna lean Warriors in five, fouries in five. I don't, I don't think the Rockets have a good home court advantage. I don't, I you know, I, I have more, more reason to trust Clay Thompson and and Stephen Curry over James Harden and uh, Chris Paul. I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm, I mean, I'm not a hater of Chris Paul. I just in the playoffs, he just seems to somehow choke it away. Um, but how good is Clint Capella been? Five blocks again. Oh, I mean, he, he's
1: perfect in that. So, I mean, he is exactly what they need. They need a guy, a big that's going to do the dirty work. That's not going to have an ego. He's going to rebound the ball. He's going to he's going to defend the paint, and he's going to let all those other guys, all those shooters, do their job. You know, and that's why I think the where the Dwight Howard Houston Rocker Rockets went wrong, you know, Dwight has an ego to him, you know, he was the man in Orlando. And he went into LA being thinking this was going to be his team in Los Angeles. And that didn't pan out the way he wanted. He was injured. He wasn't the same kind of player um, athletically during that time. He was he was getting better. And then he goes to Houston and, you know, he wants the ball on the paint. He wants to be more of a focal point. And that, I think, was really one of the big reasons why they weren't going to get the yeah. job done, whereas Capella's going to do all the dirty work, and he's going to rebound, and he's going to hustle, and he's going to run the court, and he's going to get easy buckets. And he's not going to complain. Like He's not going to ask for extra touches. He's going to just do his job, and that's it, and he's really good in this system. And they've, they've got a lot going on for themselves. I think the great thing, you mentioned Chris Paul, I think the big difference with Chris Paul now is he doesn't need to be that guy that he was with Los Angeles with the Clippers because there he yeah. was on a team with a bunch of non-shooters, you know, be, between Blake Griffin and DeAndre Gordon. He needed to be – and look, yeah. J.J. Redick, very good player. I'm not saying anything about J.J. Redick, but – in terms of starting two guards I'd want in the league he's not he's not up on that list for myself and yeah, you know not. chris had to do had to be that guy he had to be the guy that was gonna score twenty five twenty six points, but also dish out the assists. he had to do a whole lot and here, you know he doesn't he doesn't need to he can he can and he's gonna have a lot of room to operate and score. But he's going to be able to dish the ball out to a ton of shooters on that team. And if he has a night where he scores 15 points, they're probably still going to win or they're going to be in contention to win. And if he did that with the Clippers, they weren't going to have a chance unless Blake Griffin was going crazy. So I think he's in a position now where it's perfect for him. He can still be aggressive. He can still do his thing. And if it's not dropping, they're still in a good position and they're still going to have a chance to win the game because of the way they're set up. Yeah.
0: Side note, Yankees won, 3-2. Chapman, last pitch was 103-mile-an-hour 100, fastball. Like, come on, it's man. A, that's
1: a monster.
0: That's crazy. So now we are what? What did we, mean, we consider half, half game, half game back or tied for first, whatever it is? Yeah, it'll be half game because they took two or three from last time. So, yeah, half game. But, yeah. So, no, it's, yes, it's tied for first. So, yeah, tied for first. 25 and 25-10, Yankees and Red Sox. There it is. That's they, Best time, record of man. baseball. So since April 20th, the Yankees mm-hmm. have gone 17-2. and two. That, yeah. that is absolutely insane. But, uh, yeah, with the, with, the, with the Rockets, I haven't watched too much basketball this year, partially because my bulls are terrible. Um, but, you know, seeing Chris Paul drop 41 in a playoff game and his team is actually going further than he's ever gone before, you know, it's it's good, you know, there's players you want to see win and Chris Paul has always been a guy I have liked, so it is good to see him winning with another player who can, you know, take some of his uh the pressure off him and score like Harden does. And they have good key players. You know, Capella, Ariza, they got Gerald Green, they got you know, they got plenty of guys that can help out and you know, this should be a pretty good series. But I'm gonna take the Warriors in six or you know, I'm gonna take Warriors in five. It's just I don't I don't think the Rockets have a yeah, good well. Win for them, I mean like I said. I, I mean, they won you know, and, 65 you know.
1: games this year, which is which is awesome. <laughs> and I think they have a lot of talent. I'm going to go yeah. Golden State in six, and that's just because Golden State's tested. You know you know they have the ability to win it all. Houston hasn't showed me that yet. And that's about it, because from a player-to-player standpoint, I think Houston, again, matches up really, really well. But from um, – just an yeah. experience standpoint I, I think Golden State has what it takes to, to just get the job done so you know I'm gonna go with them on that one yeah but uh you know there's a lot going on right now in the playoffs it's big time yeah it's it's
0: been it's been some good playoffs I the, the season was kind of you know drawn out and the all-star game was earlier it, it was just weird how they had to split or later excuse me and there was like 20 games after the all-star break. So it, it was just yeah. kind of a weird season. It, but, uh, you know, I don't know what the Bulls are going to do. So we'll see what they do. Golden State is uh, up one, 17, 16 first quarter. I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll boat race the Pelicans in the second half. So
1: I'm not too worried about that game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think they're going to win. So I, I don't – whether it's extended or not – I just think they're too good to not win that series but um you know there's some other you know when it's all said and done you've got you've got Boston and Cleveland coming up next and probably Golden State Houston and you know I think LeBron James gets out early or, or I'm sorry LeBron James you know makes out this year because of, of what should have been in the east and between Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. And I would have loved to see Kyrie Irving and LeBron James go against him in the back yeah. seven in the Eastern Conference Finals. I would have loved to see that. Kyrie is, uh, you know, he's a on little top, killer, man. in a jersey, f- Kyrie. <laughs> he was going to go, oh, he just, yeah, man, I, I'm, like, upset about that. But, um, you know, the Sixers, yeah. I think they had a great, great, great year. I know they, you know, they I mean, won a game. Think about it. They, but, they won, uh, they won
0: ten games three years ago, and then they just won five playoff like games. That. So they got in this year. They have five. They have five wins versus their ten three years ago. So they've come so far. I mean, as six, 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 six. Yeah, you know, ahead, and I, you know, I think they're ahead of schedule. So, of
1: so granted, granted, you know, I thought now. When they were matched up with Boston, I thought for sure that the series was going yeah. to be a better series. And who knows? Maybe they make a, a really nice game out of it. You know, I think Boston needs to end it, and I, I think if they if they give yeah. Italy a win tomorrow i believe they if play they, i think it'll go seven i don't know if philly will win but i think it'll go seven if philly if philly wins this yeah, if philly game, wins I in boston go they gotta get
0: back to philly i don't i don't see philly losing at home in a you know a, yeah you know, and that's why i think it'll boston. go
1: seven um for that reason yeah, but, if uh, won. yep
0: so are, there's that are ahead of schedule i mean Sixers fans can't be too 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 upset about it you know it's uh I get it, you know, trust the process and everything else. But no, like-
1: definitely ahead of schedule. This is all icing on the cake. This is all icing on the cake for them this this year and getting getting through that first round that I, I thought they were going to anyway. I thought, you know, I, I, I was pretty sure they were going to beat the Heat, um, the Boston series. I, I honestly thought they might actually win it and uh, and end up playing Cleveland because, in all honesty, I I think Toronto's a poser. I've always thought they were they were just a, a fake one seed who always always or at least of recent years just they're just they can't play LeBron they, they they just they don't play well against them they the Demar Derozan and I got to be honest with you I thank God every day that he decided <laughs> that he didn't want to come to Los Angeles because. I'm a massive Laker fan, and at the end of the day, when he talked about what made him want to stay in Toronto, it was essentially expectations. All those rafters, you know, in in the stadium, and all those numbers that are retired, and and the five championships for Kobe. He had to live in a shadow that he didn't want to live in. He wanted to yeah. to be the best of his franchise, and so you know what? Congratulations. He'll probably end up being the best Toronto Raptor ever when it's all said and done and it may account for nothing. He will be the best Toronto Raptor with nothing to show for it because he took the easy way out and went to a franchise with no expectations. And maybe one day Toronto gets it right. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But I can tell you that I'm almost with a hundred percent certainty sure that DeMar DeRozan is cut from just a – not he is not cut from a cloth that I would want in a a franchise cornerstone type of player. He is not like not a, like the mamba cloth. He doesn't have the mamba cloth. He's not primetime. He's not a gamer. He's not that big time. He he I mean, you got benched. I mean, come on. Even when Kobe Kobe would jack him up with anybody and if he had bad days, he kept shooting, but he never he got, got benched. benched because he was shooting. I mean, he was also the kind of guy that could Shoot two for seventeen, but make three jumpers at the end of the game to seal the deal when it was all said and done. I mean, Demar Derozan, again, thank you for not coming to Los <laughs> Angeles. You can stay up in Canada and have a getting your number thrown up there because all that you'll ever see is you know you won your your. <laughs> they're not even going to win their conference ever. And you want to no, wait until LeBron sorry. James retires? Like, if you just think, oh, well, maybe he'll just end up, LeBron will retire, he'll start to slow down, and then we'll come up. Sorry, Philly and Boston are knocking on the door, and it looks like Philly and Boston are going to be competing with each other for the next 10 years yeah. at championships or I mean, they going got, to the finals. I mean, I mean it's, it's – sorry, it's, Toronto. His
0: rookie really class has been pretty damn good. I know the, the Bulls got Markin, and then your Lakers got Lonzo. You know, you got Tatum. You got it, Mit I mean, this rookie class is actually pretty solid.
1: We got we got Kuzma too.
0: We and, got and Kuzma, Kuzma too. Yeah. So yeah. now, it's, it's speaking of Lakers, it's so, so now cool. Lakers, they got money to spend. Paul George is basically not going back to
1: Oklahoma City. So you want him in L.A. You know, despite a lot of people probably saying, no, you know, I, I don't, I'm don't, i not a big fan of how he performed in the playoffs or Oklahoma City, this and that. Uh, I do. I want him in L.A. because I just don't think it's going to be – I don't think you have to sacrifice a lot other than cap space. And if they want to go after other, you know, players like maybe a Kawhi Leonard, it, it would take giving the farm up and some – and I still don't think San Antonio is going to pull the trigger on any kind of trade unless it was just absolutely stupid kind of trade where we were giving up everybody for Kawhi Leonard and draft picks. So I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Pop is sending Kawhi to the Lakers. Um, but I would take Paul George. I mean, if I'm going to pay somebody, I yeah. have to pay people. I've got a team full of young stars, it, hopefully, I maybe not stars, but – Fully young, promising talent. I have a team of that. And I have to spend the money. So you know what? A a five-year, a three-year, or whatever kind of contract that you've got to do for Paul George, that's not going to kill you. And frankly, I think that's a pretty damn good team. If you could maybe sub KCP out and you throw Paul George in, who when he was first drafted in Indiana, played the shooting guard, played the two guard throw him in there to have Ingram. You can go re-sign Randall and and play an undersized center. And you know what? Take a, a minimum, you know, one of those veteran mid kind of exception type deals and go get yourself a veteran center, a big guy, who if you're playing against one of these real big stud centers yeah. in the West, you can throw him out there for stretches. But – if you could throw a Julius Randle, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Paul George, Alonzo Ball, I think that's a damn good team. And Alonzo Ball's going to get better. You know, he's got to work on that jumper. But if you could throw those kind of shooters around him between Kuzma and Ingram and Paul George with an athletic big like Julius yeah. Randle. I mean that 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 I'm team a, is pretty nice, and you still got Josh Hart there sitting there. You didn't have to give up anything. You didn't have to do anything.
0: No, yeah, I'm, I, I like I like Ingram. I like Ingram a lot. I think he's he's upside is I, yeah. I mean yeah, he's got he's got more upside. You know, he, it's not a guy you want to. I hope they don't move him in any type of deal. Like you need to keep him around. Mm-hmm. You know, let that young team build. You know, we see we're watching now with the Sixers. They didn't trade anyone, you know. Yeah, they got rid of um, what's his name, um, oh, what's his name, the center. He didn't want to be there to begin with. I forget his name.
1: Oh, oh um, from Duke. But
0: yeah, you know he, had, he he remember when he threw his jersey in the press conference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's just you know the Lakers. They from what I'm looking at here on the roster, they don't look too bad. they don't look too bad. They're gonna they'll be they'll turn the corner sooner than later. You know it's it's good franchises. Figure it out.
1: Yeah, you know. I, and I think that's that's a big point that you're hitting on is good franchises figure it out. So, you know, one of the big knocks about the the LeBrons and the Kobes and this and that is, hey, you know, uh, LeBron had to do this because the Cavs didn't get him the players he needed to win a championship. And, and you know, what? Well, while that's true – you know, it makes me appreciate more what the Lakers do as an organization because they're truly about winning championships and they have proven over the course of, of, you know, their history that they're going to do what it takes to win a championship and not just put some pretty good team together. You know, they're, they're gonna, of course there's going to be lows and there's going to be highs, but the Lakers have proven that they know how to go out there and whether it's draft some guys, pull some guys in free agency, make some trades, they know how to put themselves back in contention. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if in two years the Lakers were in contention to to either be playing in the Western Conference Finals and or even making a finals. And I say that because... The talent that they have, I mean, Kyle Kuzma was picked 20-something picks after a a, a Tatum over in Boston, and they put up almost the same numbers, the same type of numbers. Um, The only difference is Tatum didn't really have to put up those kind of numbers until right now, and Kyle Kuzma, you know, granted, there's a lot more pressure being picked at the the pick that – Jason Tatum was picked at as opposed to Kyle Kuzma, where these some of these guys picked at Kuzma's range don't ever even make it. They're D-leaguers or yeah. G-leaguers, whatever it's called now, Ballie. and they're there for a couple of years. And this kid's <laughs> coming out. Yeah, and, he sh- yeah. and he showed that he belongs, and he belongs in the starting lineup. And they've got guys. Ingram's there. Ingram – before he got hurt down the stretch, was playing phenomenal basketball. He's playing. He was playing the point yeah, when I for the Lakers to- for stretches at a time, and showing how versatile he is as a player, as a defender, as a scorer. Um, Kyle Kuzma has the the perfect attitude. He is like an L.A. Yeah. guy. He can handle the media. He's he plays with a ton of passion. My question mark. Yeah, is is Lonzo like what? What is he going to do this off season? Magic and Rob Polinka already said this is going to be the biggest off season of his career, and he needs to he needs to show up next year healthy. Yeah. He needs to play the the full year. You know, granted, you're going to take some days off. Okay, that's fine, but um, you know he he had missed some stretches of ball, and you know he's got to be a little more effective offensively. And I say the same thing for Lonzo Ball, and I'll say the same thing for Ben Simmons. Because these guys, granted, Ben Simmons needs to, to really, really work on his yeah, offensive no game shot. altogether. Because like, he has no offensive game. There, he, he, he has nothing. Like Lonzo Ball's shot might be broken, but it worked every step of the yeah. way up until this year. And even this year, yeah, the the shooting percentage wasn't great, but you know, up until this point, he never it was he was actually extremely efficient. And now, you know, granted, he's gonna have to tweak some things, but Ben Simmons, this is gonna have to be built from the ground up. And it, it you can look at it two ways. You can look at it like, holy shit, how does a kid never ever learn an offensive have any kind of offensive weapon other than just being super? strong, athletic, and fast, and just dunk on people or lay the ball up. And so you can look at it like a negative, yeah. but then you can also look at it like, damn, this kid ha- this kid's as good as he I is, mean, and he's never in the entire course of his career had to have an offensive game. Like, uh, these are, these that, blows his, these, that blows my mind. That blows my mind that he's that good.
0: These are his most important games he's ever played in his career. I mean, he went to LSU. LSU wasn't in the – tournament lsu wasn't making the final four lsu wasn't in the championship game yeah. he's in the playoffs you know what i mean and with the sixers and you know say what you want about the sixers you know i, I grew up around sixers i was sixers have had some great players come through there and you know see ben simmons struggling in, in the playoffs i get it he's young but you know it's it's only going to come you know i was reading something about he there, somebody called him ambidextrous and the guy was like no he just can't shoot with either hand it's just the way it is so you know it, they'll, they'll say the Lakers are going to figure it out. Sixers are going to figure it out. Celtics, I think if, you know, they figured out with their young talent since Kyrie went down and Gordon Hayward. So basketball's in good shape. You know, if, you know, LeBron's in year 15, how much more can he go? I don't know, three, five years. So, you know, basketball's going to be in good shape,
1: man. He's, he's so, he's so good. You know, it's, it's crazy what he's doing. I love seeing him doing. it. I love to see him do what he's doing right now. Um, Putting the team on his shoulders, but you know what? That's that's what uh, I've been wanting to see from him from a while. Where he can't he can't look to his left or his right. Like yeah. he's got to take it on himself. There's no more and I love, no more Wade Matt, or, or uh, Kyrie I, or Mike Miller yeah. to save him. So. Yeah, you know, I remember once I forget what year it was, but it was in an All Star game. I'm sure you, you could YouTube it or something. But it was, you know, East versus West, and <laughs> Kobe was still playing, and LeBron James passes up a last-second shot in an All-Star game. Just throws it, just throw like yeah. he passes it I up, remember. and Kobe Bryant gives him so much crap. And Dwayne Wade comes up laughing. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" And I just love that he he can't he needs to take the shot. Like he has to take the shot. He should be taking the shot. Yeah. He miss it. Or not I want the best, best player on the court taking the majority of my shots. Like I'm I, that's how I that's how I that's how I play. That's how I believe it should be played. If I'm here and I'm paying for a ticket to go watch, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not there to see George Hill shoot the ball seventeen times. I'm there to see LeBron
0: yeah, definitely shoot not. the ball.
1: You know, like I, I'm there to see that. That's why I paid money is to see him do his thing. So it's nice to see him do that. And the way he's going, I mean, it looks like, like you said, he's got another five years in the tank. And especially if he's set up on a team where, you know, some individuals start to to get better and and start to take some pressure off of him, you know, he could, he could gracefully decline as opposed to Kobe Bryant who – the way yeah. the team and how it was assembled towards the, the end of his career. It was essentially, you know, it just fell off. They went from being yeah. contenders to the Dwight Howard debacle and his injury, the torn Achilles, and then for four years, about three to four years of just, just bad basketball. basketball. Like really, really bad basketball. So I'm hoping they get back on track. I think they will. I trust Jeannie Bus. More than a lot of, uh, you know, owners of, of their basketball teams because Jeannie Bust is – she loves the Lakers. And you, you oh, can tell yeah. when she talks yeah. about it. Not like her brother Jim. I mean, she is all about doing what's right for the Lakers, getting them back on track because, you know, her father, the late great Doc Buss, took care of business and he handled things. It's a different NBA. It's a different, you know – Different type of uh, business now than it was then, but the Lakers have the means. They have had the picks. They have the talent, and now it's a matter of just getting a free agent. Let's not get crazy, and and uh, see what we can get. Yeah. And I think they're going to be okay. I think there's a lot of teams out there, um, but right now, I think the tough part in the West is doesn't look like Houston and Golden State's going anywhere. No, no, they're going to be there for a bit. Golden State, so as long as they, you know, as long
0: as they keep you know Clay. Clay Curry and, and Green together, those three at least, and just get, you know, smart key additions here and there. They'll be fine. But, you know, great teams, great franchises figured out. Lakers have figured it out. Celtics have figured it out. And side note, Sixers trade, it was uh, Nerlander Wells and um, Jalil Okafor. Those are the two guys that were traded. Job. That's what it was. Job. Big, job. <laughs> big job. Yeah, big he wanted yeah. to go to Chicago. Right, I was going yeah, right. to pick him up. So I was kind of happy that we didn't even do that. But, but speaking of good franchises figuring yeah, it out, how about our Niners? We are the talk of the town. We are the talk of the NFL. Uh, oh, Jimmy man. G, is, you know, the greatest quarterback since Joe Montana. Apparently,
1: um, <laughs> look, all I know is Jimmy G <laughs> has managed to take my wife, who could give two <laughs> shits about sport. <laughs> And managed to get her to want to oh, watch the dude. 49ers. And I'm not even mad about it. Like, I'm not even mad. I, like, you know, anything to get her to – she asked me when I'm getting her a Jimmy G jersey. Um, you know what? I'm not mad because uh, as long as she's watching, I don't care. I am very excited about yeah. the Niners. Uh, I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm with the nice. whole Jimmy G thing because – I mean, at some point he's gonna lose. I mean, he was seven, and I was. I mean, he's gonna lose, and he may lose a couple games. And the team's not. The team's definitely not ready yet. As much as I think they're they're on the right track and they're they're trending in the right direction, I don't think they're there yet. But I do think, as a fan, um, we both know that there's more talent than what people would like to give the Niners credit for. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, and and I think for what in- we had and what he did is outstanding. Like uh, and what he, did, what we, yeah. what he had at the time is, is twenty eight. The, the I mean, the I mean, think think about it. The
0: last five games, the Niners averaged twenty eight points a game with the same talent that was averaging less than twenty a game before he yeah. got there. But you know, we I live in I live in Texas. You live in Pennsylvania. So I'm surrounded by Cowboys fans, and you're surrounded by Eagles fans. So any of our hype falls on deaf ears, and he, you know, oh, well, Jimmy G hasn't done this, hasn't done that. Whatever. We saw what he did over five games. You can't deny what he's done. So, you know, they're in, they're heading in the right direction. We didn't spend a whole bunch of, you know, money on free agents. I'm going to trust Kyle Shanahan's assessment on the running back, the center, you know, key key additions like Jeremiah Tachu, the guy I told you about that I liked a lot from Jordan yeah. Tech. Yeah, i you know? He healthy. may be that Leo position that we need. Yeah, exactly. If he's healthy – you have him and Cassius Marshall. So you got depth. The D line is actually deeper than a lot of people want to say, hmm. but it's it's there. The linebacking core is questionable now because of Ruben, but it looks more and more that he might be getting off this whole domestic violence charge. Um, maybe not the gun charge, but we'll see how that all goes because it might just be like a uh, a legal stipulation where it was you know the only reason the p- police found the gun is because they had this. They did a um, you know they went and searched for a domestic violence situation. So. Mm-hmm. That may all just go under the rug. But the Niners had a good draft. Um, I don't know how I know I know you know how I felt about the draft, I thought it was pretty solid. You know, I'm big you, we talked about it for several several weeks. I'm mm-hmm. I'm all in on Fred Warner at linebacker. I think he's versatile enough to play all three linebacker positions. He can play that hybrid Eric Reed spot where he played last year. Eric Reed, you know, on the nickel position, mm-hmm. he would he'd be that third safety and, and you know, you go four speedy linebackers on the field. If you want to play the run, you know, on third down, or you even play the pass, because Warner is solid versus the pass. And you, you know, we were talking about Pettis. Pettis could be our red zone threat. He's not very tall, but man gets off man coverage very easily. He can play the X, the Z, and the slot. So I'm, I'm in, man. I'm, I, I like the schedule. I like this. I like the additions. I like what's going on. And good franchises figure it out. And Niners seem to figure it out.
1: Absolutely. Look, I, I think. The Niners have done a really good job in a short amount of time, you know, cleaning house, getting things back on track. Uh, Between Shanahan and Lynch, there's definitely nice chemistry there in terms of what they're looking for in players to fit the system that Shanahan's trying to run. I think that, uh, you know, Ruben Foster really, really screwed the Niners. Um, especially from a lot of positive and great momentum moving forward into the off season. It, it's real stupid, immature stuff. And that's why he slipped to where he slipped is because of those types of things. And I think the NFL is going to come down really hard on the kid because of just, even though the domestic violence, you know, that's going to go away. But the fact that this all happened in this yeah. off season, everything between the the marijuana and the, the the weapons and the domestic violence, within a matter of a couple of months in the off season, it, they're going to hit the kid hard. And yeah, he'll appeal it, and they'll probably drop a couple games off of it. But at the end of the day, he deserves he deserves what he's getting, and you know, hopefully. He he walks the right road and he walks that 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 fine line that he needs to because all eyes are on him and he's a standout player and he's excellent, but he absolutely needs to be there and that's yep. the that's the issue there between him being a little banged up at times and now all of a sudden you know these this type of offseason he's like one of those guys that you have to you have to handhold yeah it's, you it's unfortunate babysit. you know I
0: don't. It's uh, you know, I, I read a lot of reports. And, you know, he had a lot of issues when he was a kid, and a couple of things like that. Um, so you know, it, it it is what it is at this point. The Niners have addressed the linebacker position in free agency. They got they added Corey Tumor, they brought back Brock Coyle, which I'm not a huge fan of. They, Malcolm Smith is back. You still got Eli Harold. They got Elijah Lee. They have they have some depth at the position, so they should be okay. I'm more excited about the uh, second year of Akella Witherspoon. You know, if he can be. Anything that he was in the second half of the season that'd be amazing. So I'd be super stoked about that. So
1: Oh absolutely. I, I think that uh between what they've added, what they have, I think that they're poised to to make a big run and you know, from a win standpoint and just just being fun to watch again. I think they've got a lot of great pieces and I think they did a great job in the draft. Uh, You know, I think there were a lot of, you know, people wanted a big splashy. I know I wanted a big linebacker at that nine spot. And, you know, they they went ahead and did the smart thing. and They go and get McGlinchey. And you know what? When you pay your quarterback that much money, you got to go protect them. And that's the kind of signing that most people may never know who that kid is. But if he does his job, he's going to be a pro bowler. He's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's going to give us a chance to to get where we want to be and, and go after and get a, a sixth Super Bowl trophy in San Francisco. So I think they made the right smart choices. I think they actually had a really, really, really good draft um, between Pettis and maybe reached a little bit for that second pick. But um, Warner, I think – is going to be a great linebacker, a great linebacker for them that they can kind of plug and play and move him around and have fun with him because of his athleticism. Um, Tarverius. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's Tarverius, Tarverius Moore. Right? Now, I watch – oh, man. I'm excited him. If he could make him. the transition
0: to corner, you know, and he's not – he, he, and if Sherman is healthy, like that's key too. If Sherman is healthy and we're not requiring Tarverius Moore to – play right away, and he can just sit there and develop. And, you know, let's just say – let's say we make it to the playoffs. You know, you have depth now at the cornerback position against, you know – you know, we may end up playing – you know, we may end up playing the Falcons in the playoffs, the Panthers. Those guys got a lot of different weapons they can use in the offensive offensive game. You know, you throw another cornerback out there that's 6'2 and can run a 4'3, you got you got a lot of options on defense now. So it's – I'm excited for Tavarius Moore. I think he – is gonna be solid. If they can make the transition with him from safety to corner
1: oh, it's yeah, insane. Man. I, I, look, I mean that's one of the positions I think the managers are really loaded at is safety. I think the defeat the the, the the D line. I think they've got a lot of options there. I think between you know cornerback, linebackers, yeah. especially linebackers, I think we're a little light um, with that, even with the addition in the draft. Um, hopefully Ruben Foster ends up serving whatever suspension he has. And from then on for the next 10, you know, decade, yeah. decade and a half, we never hear another issue, whether that happens or not great, but I we're think also, linebacker, we a little, a little light on, but Hey, I mean, why not get the talent? Cause look at the end of the day, if he's that good, this Tarverius yeah. more, if he's that good at safety, where he's like a Cam Chancellor type, where he's just big, strong, fast, and blowing people up, well, then he'll win a spot at safety. It doesn't hurt to draft an an extremely talented kid, try him out, who has the build and the speed to play another position. Try him out there, see what happens. If anything, he'll be better for it. He'll be more well-rounded, and who knows? Who knows what happened? Maybe, you know, maybe he ends up being a safety, a strong safety type or something. But I, I don't know what's going to come of it. But I do know that from an athleticism and standpoint, I'm excited to see that kid run around on the field. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for the Niners altogether, man. I, I just I just think there's, there's a lot of really good things happening. I think this draft, you know, 10 years from now could go down as a, an excellent draft for the Niners. And uh, you know one of the reasons yeah, the why we're we're contenders, you know, in the next few years is because yeah. of a draft like this. And and I think that uh, for all the f ups that Jed York has made and really ruining a great thing while Harbaugh was here, and and putting closing our window a lot quicker than it should have been closed. Because yeah. to be honest with you, if Harbaugh was there, I don't I don't think Patrick Willis retires I do not I d I don't I don't think that happens right away. Um I know the Bowman injury. I don't happened. think they let Frank walk either. Yeah, I just think once the pieces started individually, people started leaving, I think it, it was just easier to just let it fall apart and start over and yeah. get his way. I should say, Judd York just get his way by, by starting over, but for the most part, I think if if he had swallowed his pride and just given the limelight to Harbaugh and just let him do his thing, yeah. I think that team would have had another three years of a run in them to go win a Super Bowl. But you know, the big problem was that he let his equal get in his way. And then we had to do the we had to go through the Tom Sula and like you know what like that that's that's bogus that's bogus a franchise like the san francisco 49ers should have a big name coach yeah and i'm not I don't have a problem with having an ego in a coach, and you know what? until shanahan gets gets some big wins under his belt and starts starts winning uh, you know a division when that starts happening you know that's when the egos happen and I'm sorry most people don't point. To no. the owner for those wins. Most people will say they they have a great owner who's writing the checks and spending the money and getting the you know, get keeping the coaching staff there and getting the right guys. But at the end of the day, you know, over in New England, Bill Belichick <laughs> and Tom Brady get ninety five percent of the praise and the craft, you know, Bob Kraft or whatever gets gets that yeah, little exactly. portion I mean, of being a know. really good owner and keeping something together as long as he's kept it. So Jed York has to realize what his role is, and his role is to run the business side of things, not to be the face of the franchise yeah, as much as he just, may want to.
0: Yeah, this is not how it works. You, you know, the Niners, they, like you said, they need a big-name coach. I mean, during, even the Walsh area, it was Walsh and Montana, not Eddie D. You know, Eddie D sat back, and Carmen Policy, they all sat back, and they let, they let Walsh coach, let him do his thing. And they let the players yep. play, and they had a family atmosphere. And that's what the Niners are bringing back. You can hear in John Lynch's voice when he talks. He's always appreciative of his players. He says he has a hard time cutting people. You know, you see it from his press releases on players after he cuts them. When do you see that from a GM? You don't see that very often. So it's, it's a good thing going on over there. Yeah, Stand-up you know, I'm, I'm still – I'm a Carlos Hyde guy. I always wish we would have kept Carlos, but it is what it is. I get it. And I was looking at the – I was yeah, yeah, I was looking at the previous hurt. drafts. Like, Bucky was just throwing shit at the wall to see if it stuck. And I'm looking at the last two drafts with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. These are scheme-specific p- players that he's adding, or that he wants, like you, to go get a George Kittle, a Trent Taylor, you know, a Matt Breida in, in undrafted free agency. Versus, oh, let's go just grab random players in the draft. Like that didn't didn't fit. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can see that now. There's what eight players left on the Niners roster from. The bulky era. That's it. Just it just shows you yeah. that he at once once that's... once the hardball thing fell through, I, you know, two thousand and thirteen is when it all started to fall apart. That's when you seen the draft decline. Like it just it didn't make sense. So now you see these these guys are yeah. specific. You know, even the undrafted freedom they have this year, Stephen Dunbar, guy six three from Houston, two hundred two pounds. He's he's got great get off. He's not very fast, but he has good short area quickness and he beats press coverage. You know, these guys, he just finds these undrafted free agent guys and it's working. So I, you know, I can appreciate that.
1: Uh, man! I mean, when you have a direction that you're heading, when you have a system that you want to implement, it makes drafting and selecting and scouting talent easier because you're looking for types of players, guys that are, you know, if you're talking about wide receivers – shifty man coverage type breakers um, you no know, guys sure-handed type of dudes who can go out there and take care of business and you know defensively you, once you have an identity you can go ahead and draft you know based on scheme fit as opposed to just like you said just throwing it out there and seeing what sticks and and you know what a lot of that great drafting you know, a lot of that took place right before Harbaugh. And I want to give credit to some, you know, the old regime that doesn't get a lot of credit for when Harbaugh came in. But, you know, yeah, the, I mean, they drafted the kids. Patrick Willis's and the Frank Gores and the Alex Smith and, and the, you know, Anthony Davis and Upadis and Staley. Like, these dudes, studs, and they're, they're Niner, like, I don't want to say legends, but a good amount of them are going to go down as Niner legends. And, you know, they, they happened before there, but, but Harbaugh was able to bring them all together and, and put them in there and have a system that worked. And, you know, uh, Jed York, that's one of the things that I'll always kind of hate on is that, um, you know, he yeah. messed that up. But I do think that um, based on what he's done this year, I think he realized that. I think he thought... That um, he didn't need that coach, and we had something good going on. And he saw what happened shortly after when he made those those decisions that he made. That he needed to go get a good name, a G, you know, a GM and a coach on the same page. And John Lynch has never failed at anything that he's ever done. So um, you know, I'm I'm excited for him. I wasn't sure what he was going to do, but he's been nothing but awesome. From the Second he's working. yeah, and Shanahan, he's the X's and O's guy, and you can see it when you hear him talk about strategy and why he made decisions he made. This guy's playing chess out there, and and I'm excited to see once we get the real pieces around him, you know yeah. where it's going to be. And right now, the NFC West, it's, it's loaded. Be, it's loaded, know, though. It's, it is loaded. A lot of talent, and it, and you know what? As good as St. Louis is. You know they're they they're making LA. a lot of moves. Uh, I'm sorry, you're <laughs> right. It is L.A. Whatever. It is That's how team. little I care about the Rams. Um. <laughs> anyway, for as many you know as great moves as they made this off season, every move they made is for now. Yeah. Right now, this. Time. So unless they they go get a chip within the next two to three years. It was all for yeah. nothing, and they mortgaged the future. So if they get the chip, then it was worth it. Cool, great. But you know what? I, I, I do think that um, you know I, I do think San Francisco is not going to be an easy out, and I do think the the NFC in general is not going to be an easy way out for them. And and I I will pray and hope that they don't yeah. win the championship. And I hope the Niners do before them. And that's just me being a hater. But they're scary on paper, too. But I just think the NFC West, is between the Niners, the Rams, I think they're on the come up. And I think uh, especially the 49ers. Like they're that team right now, it's the Rams. But they're, you know, just, I remember when the Niners were that team. And the team on the yeah. come up were, were the Seahawks. And they, you, know, you kept them at bay for so long, and they came. And then when they when they got yeah, there yeah, so they were they were a force. Yeah. So the Rams better take advantage now because don't give the Niners another year to get this yeah. thing right because we're coming. And whether you want to think of think it or not, they're coming, they've got the pieces, they've got the quarterback, they're getting the wide receiver core together, they're getting the offensive line together. I hate it to see yeah. Carlos Hyde leave, but it is what it is. Um, you know, I think we'll have a, a running back by committee, but all of our running backs are explosive, fast. And they um, all can run. block. a lot of options. They all can pass block. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options offensively. Yeah. So you've got that going on. The defense is coming around. There's we're, – we're there. Yeah. We're getting there. And, and, and the Los Angeles Rams better act quickly because before you know it, we'll be knocking on the door to win the NFC West. And go out there and, and you know, take care to, of this company. Not to be time, that so.
0: guy, but you know, e- e- even Seattle, Seattle is not that far off either. I mean, they still have a quarterback, and that's the most important piece in the NFL now. And they still got Russell, they, and I'm not gonna yeah. not go. I'm not gonna not trust Pete Carroll. I don't really care for Snyder, but Pete Carroll and and Russ, you know, those guys, they can make it work. And if they do, then they're still they're still a tough out. They got they got talent there too. Yeah, I don't they're, I don't think the Rams are that far either. ahead of the Niners. And the they're good. That's just my, you know, I don't think they're that far ahead. Yeah, they got a look on paper, but.
1: So. I hate on the Seahawks. I hate on the Seahawks a whole lot. My only problem with the Seahawks is since they put together the drafts that they put together to get the big names that they got yeah. on the Legion of Boom and between their offensive line at one time, you know, yeah. and then getting main, Russell main. Wilson like a steal, you know, just, just having the wherewithal to go get him from Wisconsin. But yeah. between that time, they have done nothing. They have done nothing well on the draft since Russell Wilson. Was probably, yeah, since the 2011, I mean, it was a yeah,
0: 2011 draft, 2012 draft. So that's that's what Schneider and them are living off of. And now it's it's bitten them in the ass. Now, yeah,
1: exactly. And so currently, as it stands, the defense has taken a big hit. The, the defense has taken a massive hit. Yeah. Their offensive line is awful. They have no running game, consistent running game, and maybe they've addressed that in, in the draft, and hopefully it works out for them. But this is Russell Wilson's team, and they're, they're only going to go as far as he can take them. So this, the, the kid has to stay healthy, and if he does – you know, that's the team that that's gonna win games just because of how difficult it is to play defense against a quarterback. Yeah, Russ like is, uh, Russ, is so,
0: Russ I swear to God, he he bays in oil or something because it's it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's I don't totally know. I don't know how he gets out of it.
1: He's nice. he still figures it out. He it he's uh and Baldwin is a uh, uh, super yeah. underrated yeah. wide receiver. I mean, he's so good, and so I mean they they they've got pieces. I, you know, and, and even Arizona. I mean, they're a quarterback. I mean, with a good quarterback, that team is not an easy out either. David Johnson's coming back. If they get good quarterback play, they're going to be okay. They're not yeah, going to be they, awful. They pieces, so. And you've got four teams. You've got four teams in the NFC West that. So yeah, they're, they're four tough teams and they're, they're coming. So. Over,
0: over under 10 wins wins you the West.
1: Just 10 wins win you the West. Um, yeah, I think, t- uh, yeah, I do think 10 wins is going to win you yeah. the West. I think, I think 11 for sure. Um, I definitely think so because I, I think our Niners. Niners at least, at
0: least Niners have you know, seven or, uh, in them, on paper.
1: I, I think. I think they're they're in that seven to nine range, and then, you know, I think that uh, Los Angeles is in that that ten yeah. to twelve range. Yeah. To and be then honest, and Seattle is right there too. And then so Seattle Seattle's probably going to be in that five to seven range, and then. And Arizona will probably be in that uh, – they're, they, they, they're an interesting one because I, I, when I look on paper, I'm like, man, that's a team that could win five games. Like I'm not saying they're not going to win five games. But, um, you know, I think they're in that range too, in that like five – yes. probably that three to five range, I think, for Arizona. But, um, yeah, I do think 10 wins is going to get the job done in the NFC West. I think if you can hit eleven, like you're you're gonna be you're gonna be good because I think our Niners are gonna come up short this year. But yeah, um, me too. but I but I do think they'll end up with ah, I'm gonna say they're gonna end up with about nine wins. You yeah, know I, I, I can think see. about last can year that. last year I mean you know what we ended up with what six wins?
0: Yeah.
1: Five and from the first, five with just uh, Jimmy so five with Jimmy and and what was it, four or five games that we lost by three or less? Five. Five games, three or less. Five. There were five games, three or less, where we legitimately, our defense was playing good enough. I mean, the Seattle. Our offense was awful. And we were this close to winning five games. We were a field goal yeah. to four points away from getting five more I mean, wins. We overtime twice uh, in two back to back weeks. The Colts, you know, eleven. An, the Cardinals. Yeah. That's, an 11, that's an 11 game season. That's 11 wins. If somehow the ball rolls our way, and then way. the Seattle game,
0: yes, Sherman's on my team now. But Sherman held the shit out of Goodwin on that last drive. He did. Sherman's the Niners now, so I can't but, say. That. Still, you know, that's it's,
1: uh, that's why I don't I don't put it past the Niners. You know, the Niners they they could squeak to ten wins. I mean, saying saying they get four more wins than last year sounds yeah. like crazy talk. But considering they were so close to winning 11 games last year like so close you know what i i don't think going from six to ten is completely out of the question i think it's more realistic because they don't they haven't had an easy schedule for five years now they haven't had an easy schedule going into and part of it is
0: coaching is that when you look at Mm -hmm. the when you look at the film the the niners they had guys wide open everywhere we just we lacked a quarterback and God bless C.J. Bethard, but Jesus, he held on to the ball too long. And he's he's oh, a rookie. Yeah. He was a rookie. He got thrown in the – Yeah, thrown in the I room. mean – But he, he, still, he still put up decent numbers. He wasn't terrible, terrible. Um, and, and that's another thing. Niners have a, a backup quarterback now. They don't – you know, that if something yeah. happens to Jimmy, God forbid, you know, they have a guy that they can count on for at least, you know, a spot start here and there
1: just in case, you know. Yeah, definitely. No, he, he can definitely take care of that. But then on top of that, you, you know – yeah, you're going to talk about Jimmy's interceptions. You're going to be like, well, you know, he only played this amount. Here's the – look, I want a quarterback who's going to let it rip. Like I, I'm not – you're going to turn the ball over sometimes, okay? Not everybody's yeah. Aaron Rodgers and and these kind of guys that – you know, you're not, you're not going to have those upper echelon yeah. elite quarterbacks. But if Jimmy Garoppolo's in that tier two to three quarterback, I'm all right with that, and I'm okay with him – letting the ball rip and throwing some interceptions. Because at the end of the day, the only way you're getting the big plays, the big scores, and those big moments is if you have a quarterback that's yeah. not afraid to put the ball in a tight window, who's not afraid to think twice about it. Because at that position, the second that ball's in your hands, you've got milliseconds to decide yeah. whether you're throwing that ball into that window or not. Because the second you've, you've thought about it, now it's closed. So he's one of those guys, he's reading it, and he's letting it rip. So if he makes some errors here and there, that's fine. I do think as the team gets better, he'll he'll be better. Uh, I think, you know, throwing and feeling like he needs to do everything, you know, he's got to pick up this first down. He's going to have to throw this ball in this really tight window. I think as our, our wide receiver, our core gets better, I think Jimmy will be able to yeah. be able to make – the right play all the time. I think right now, last year, he had to he had to gun it a little bit. And he did, and he did a great job of it. And you know what? Gun away, Jimmy, because if we're going to get to 8, 9, 10 wins, it's going to be because you put up some freaking numbers this year. That's and then, the, you know, that's the, the, uh,
0: the underrated part that's not spoken about is Jimmy came in, learned a new offense, or actually just learned a, a weekly game plan. And the number that matters the most is – the wins and losses, and they won five straight. So, you know, with a limited playbook, getting traded in the middle of the season, you know, you, 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 what more can you ask for? You know, oh, yeah, I, man. I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna not knock him for five right. interceptions, and three of them were, t- excuse me, two were tips, and one was ripped out of Lewis Murphy's hands, no longer on the team. So, how many exactly. interceptions do you really throw? So,
1: I'm not really worried about that. This so. guy has brought a fire to San Francisco. To the fans, to the faithful, he has brought women all over this country <laughs> just goo goo gaga over this guy. My wife's watching football now because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he has done what you would want a franchise quarterback yeah. to do. He's lifted the team, he's got the team thinking and feeling like they can go out there and beat anybody. He's playing. With an enthusiasm. He's excited. He's the man now. And he's had his time as a backup and he's ready to now be the face, be the leader. And and he's got it going on right now, man. And he's got he's got San Francisco and all of the fans, the faithful, really excited because you don't know. You're you you're like, man, could we win 10 games? Could we sneak in the playoffs with this guy? Like, I don't know. And it's all because of him. So more power to him. Yeah, um, he did something I never thought possible. Like I said, he got my wife to watch football, and that's that's I. I mean, geez. <laughs> I, I don't know what she wasn't. Very she could care world less, world man. My- when we flew to Atlanta yes. to see the night, she, I mean, she just went for the trip. She mm-hmm. didn't really care about the sport, and all of a sudden, she went. Who is who's this yeah. guy? So
0: no, my wife. She's she's happy that I'm happy on Sunday. it so is. It's, uh, she's like, oh. I see that the Niners win. I'm like, yep, yeah, they won. She's like, oh, so you're in a good mood. Yeah, I'm in a great mood. So yeah, That's all I'm um, at, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's a right? It's, it's a good feeling to win on Sunday and have the whole week to talk some shit, especially living in Texas with a whole bunch of Cowboy fans around me. But uh, so um, episode one, we've uh, knocked it out of the park, I think. So hopefully we keep this going. We will try to bring this ev- twice a week, you know, me and fernando uh talking sports we are just regular joes and this is what we love and this is what we want to do and hopefully you guys enjoy it hit the subscribe button at the bottom and uh hit us up on twitter um at uh htb cast that'll be from my twitter uh handle and then fernando if you want to get the right ears
1: yeah absolutely it's uh at Nandizzi zero zero eight i'm pretty sure that's what it is i haven't <laughs> checked my uh my twitter handle in a while but no this is uh like you said this is something we love to do we love to talk sports you know this is, we're talking our opinions here we're, we're looking up some things here and there but for the most part um you know this is how we feel about some of our favorite teams and uh and we're just going to give you our take on it. But it's actually at DZ0880. So it's at DZ, D-E-E-Z-Y, 0880. Uh, feel free to uh, to hit us up there and, and let us know what you think or what you, you'd like to hear us talk about. So Yeah, so it's
0: not just limited to the Yankees, the Niners, the Lakers, or the Bulls. It'll be- whatever it is that's um, up in the world of sports. I mean, shoot, neither one of us like the Rockets. We talked about the Rockets for a good while. so. <laughs>
1: but, uh, I like Steve Francis. Yeah. I like his. Yeah, I remember
0: Stevie Franchise was, was the <laughs> truth. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, that's uh, Episode 1. We'll be bringing you Episode 2, hopefully by Friday. Um, Fernando, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Yeah, man. Of course. It was a pleasure, my brother. I finished my beer a while ago, so it's off to bed for me. And, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll get after it again in a couple days. All right, buddy. All right, man. Peace. Peace.